Welcome to the First Assembly podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message and find encouragement through the Holy Spirit. Proverbs 11, 25 and 24, and it says it like this in the message paraphrase. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed, and those who help others are helped. Those who help others are helped. I want to speak to you this morning on the spiritual discipline of generosity. And if you're taking notes, you can write this as a title. Keep growing in generosity. Keep growing in generosity. First Assembly, you are generous people. We are a generous church. But the challenge and the call for us today is to continue to stretch ourselves in this spiritual discipline, in this habit. And as we stretch these muscles, we will grow in more and more generosity and ultimately become more and more like Jesus and ultimately fulfill the Great Commission in ways that are maybe perhaps what we can even see in the natural, that I believe will manifest in the supernatural, that we will see miracles, that we will see God work in us and through us as we are generous people. A number of years ago, I started jogging, and I started jogging, and I would jog one kilometer, then I got up to three kilometers, then I got up to five, and then seven. And I remember the very first time I jogged with a friend, and he was used to doing 10 kilometers and half marathons. He says, let's go 10K. And you know what's amazing is I was able to run 10 kilometers because I ran seven. When you stretch yourself, you can keep stretching yourself. When you grow, you can keep growing. Because if you made it this far, then you can make it that far. There's more inside of you than you might think you have. There's more generosity to experience in your life and through your life. As God touches your heart, we can all grow. And I'm calling us as a church to grow. Now, when the pastor starts speaking about generosity... A lot of people get a bit nervous. They wonder, oh, I'm wondering how the church budget is doing. Well, let me tell you, first of all, the reality is, like many organizations and many families, our revenue is down from where we were a year ago and what we had projected to be at. Having said that, we are in good financial shape because as leadership, we are making decisions to streamline, to make sure we are stewarding the resources. We are postponing and uh, some expenses. And we are looking at ways that we can maximize what God has given us. So this is not a, a plea for an offering today. And I'm going to talk a little bit about money, but I want to really focus on generosity in general, because generosity is a heart condition. Generosity flows from our hearts. And Jesus talked about that. He said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. In other words, what you invest in, where you are generous, whether it be financially or other areas of your life, that shows you the condition of your heart. And I want to call us to continue to grow. Generosity is a habit that includes finances, but it's a way of life for Christians. So as we commit to keep growing, to be generous people, ultimately, like I said, we will fulfill the Great Commission and we will look a lot more like Jesus. So 2 Corinthians chapter 8, I want us to look at 
this passage of Scripture. It's a short passage of Scripture, and I want to remind us of some key principles that I believe we can apply to our lives that will help us to grow and strengthen this habit, this discipline of generosity in our lives. It will stretch us, and it will grow us, and our spiritual muscles will develop rather than move into atrophy. We want to be growing and strong. We want to be continuing to become more like Jesus. So before we go there, let me share some exciting news with you that I received recently. Uh, Those who have been part of this congregation, First Assembly, would know that we have a reputation of being a generous church. We are uh, the first Pentecostal church in our city. We have been part of planting multiple congregations, starting ministries like Master's Academy, like the Dream Center, we have a reputation of stepping out in faith and being generous to the body of Christ, to other ministries, to global missions. And even recently, we about a year and a bit ago, we, we raised some money. We sent $100,000 to help our friends in Russia to purchase a building where they are experiencing growth and people coming to Christ. It's, it's right in the middle of, of multiple apartment blocks. Everybody walks to this location. They are seeing People come to Jesus, and we get to be part of that because we have sown into the kingdom. And so as we sow together, we see the kingdom advance. If you would have been part of First Assembly seven or eight years ago, you may remember that as a church, we stepped out in faith and we purchased a building in Germany. And the goal was to purchase a building, renovate it, and create a retreat center or a conference training center to train church planters and send them out all over Eastern Europe and and Germany and other parts of Europe. But this was the goal. Because of some leadership transition, the plans changed. And a number of years ago, uh, our governing council, we were discussing what what are we going to do with this building. So we decided that it needed so much work and needed a lot of money and renovations. We still felt like we, we had sowed into this and God had a plan for it, but we thought, we'll, we'll give it to our fellowship. We'll give it to our denomination, the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, because they're, they're more used to having properties all over the world, and we're a local church. Should we be really managing a property in Germany? So we just gave it away to the Pentecostal Assemblies and said, you know, you guys do what you want with this. We, we stepped out in faith. There was a leadership change. We're not quite sure. But as we just released it into God's hands. Um, over the last couple of years, there's been some great strides forward in the original vision. And I, um, I got a letter just recently from Marcus and Liz Brandt, and they are the ones that have stepped in as directors of this project. And I want to just read you some of the letter that Marcus sent to me because he sent it to me, our leadership and our congregation. He says, hello, Pastor Ben and First Assembly. My wife, Liz, and I wanted to tell you about the work that God has been doing in the ministry that First Assembly birthed about seven years ago. Das Canada House, and you can see the picture up on the screen here. Das Canada House, former Life Spring Center, has become a mission base for short-term mission teams, global workers in Eurasia, and national churches here in Germany, as well as supporting ministries to encourage church planting especially church planting in East Germany. According to the study of the University of Chicago, it's the least religious place and the most atheist place on earth, reflecting really the basic situation in most of Europe. It's also being utilized for a training center for church revitalization of small congregations 
who are without pastoral leadership. The 50-bed accommodations has been renovated and it has been brought up to the standard with the help of Canadian teams and finance also from German churches. It's now used for spiritual retreats, alpha weekends, vision and planning meetings, hosting church planting teams from the former East Germany. We've been able to cover the operational expenses ourselves. He says this, a good tree can only be identified in hindsight by its fruit. And we say First Assembly has planted a good tree. Way to go, First Assembly. We feel compelled to send greetings to you and to the leadership as well as to the congregation and to all those who donated to say a special thank you on behalf of the not yet found and the ones who have been found because of you. And while it is fair to say that the pioneering phases often seem messy, which probably was the case with the mission base here too, it has become at last a rich blessing. Already over a thousand sleepovers and many encouraging connections with national leaders and even beyond Germany. People are prayer walking, tours have been set up and preparation for church planting, etc. And we will still have more fruit. We are praying for you and we send you blessings, your global workers and your fellow kingdom workers, Marcus and Liz Brandt. I think we need to give God all the praise and all the glory. I want to say that as we step out in generosity, it's not over. We trust God that he is involved. And when he says to do something and we step out in faith, we may not see it happen right away. We may not see things come together exactly how we think they might come together or how we think they should. But friends, we need to commit with a heart of generosity to continue to grow. And we say God's will, God's way, God's timing. And we trust him with the rest. And I think the same will be about the South property. And as we partner with churches, we may not see the big picture now, but how many are thankful that God sees the big picture? He sees the big picture for our church. He sees the big picture for your life, for your finances, for your career, for your family. You may not see it right now, but I'm telling you in the name of Jesus, hold on, hold on, because God is working and he is working now and he is working on your behalf. He is for you. He is not against you. Hang on. Persevere. Keep being generous in good times, in hard times. Keep faithful and keep growing and flexing this spiritual muscle called generosity. Keep giving. Keep going. This is what God is calling us to. This is exciting. This is exciting. Well, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, we read about the Macedonian believers. And the Macedonian believers were Christians from churches in the area just north of Corinth called Macedonian. And they were regular supporters of the Apostle Paul's ministry. So the Apostle Paul is challenging now the church in ancient Corinth. He's challenging them because a year previous they had said, hey, we want to be part of this special offering that you're raising for the church in Jerusalem because the mother church, the original church in Jerusalem was going through some very hard times. The church in Jerusalem was facing persecution and probably in many ways was facing cancel culture because of their love for Jesus and their commitment for Jesus. The religious powers began to likely cancel their businesses and 
cut off business ties. And they were struggling financially and in other ways. So the Apostle Paul thought this is a great opportunity to encourage Gentile churches to sow into the the original church in Jerusalem. and, And let's celebrate together that this good news that the gospel is for everybody. It's not just for the Jews. It's for the Gentiles. It's for the whole world that the gospel and the good news is for everybody. So he says to the Corinthians, it's time for you to be inspired. I want to inspire you because there, there are people that are, are suffering in greater ways than you are. There are people that have less than you do, and they're doing more than what you're doing. So he says this, in the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy, speaking of the Macedonians, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able And even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. And they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord. And then by the will of God also to us. Let's just look at some of these principles. Let's look at some of these intentional principles. That the believers from Macedonia were living out. Because I think that as we apply them to our lives and our situations, we will grow in this spiritual discipline. First, they were generous during hard and uncertain times. If there's ever been hard and uncertain times, we are facing them today. There is no doubt, there's no question that these are some of the hardest times that any of us have ever lived since we've been alive on the planet. These are challenging times. And for these Macedonians, they were also living during severe trials. Likely it was persecution, likely it was all kinds of things that were trials that they were living through. And Paul is saying again to the Corinthian church, hey, your friends just up north there, they're going through trials, yet they are still growing in generosity. We need you to grow in this area as well. It would have been like Paul saying, you know what, in the region that you live, for example, we would look to Edmonton and say the churches in Edmonton, they're going through a lot harder time than we are here in Calgary, yet they are stepping out. In the region north of you, they are stepping out. Secondly, we see that they were joyful in their generosity. It says they had overflowing joy. They were joyful. There was a joyful heart. And I love this morning how we've experienced joy in the Lord. We've experienced worship together. We've experienced the joy of the Lord. There is hilarious joy in generosity. And this is what they were doing. In their lack, it says they still gave. In their extreme poverty, it says welled up rich generosity. And they gave sacrificially. It says, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able, even beyond their ability. There was a sacrificial spirit in them to say, I don't have too much, but I'm going to give, and I'm going to give even more than I think I might be able to. They were stretching themselves towards generosity. And they gave willingly, entirely on their own. They also had a kingdom priority. They they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing. These people said, Paul, we want to be part of the kingdom. We want to sow into the kingdom work because they believe the words of Jesus that said, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth where rust and moth will destroy, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. You see these Macedonian believers said, we have a kingdom priority. We, We want to be part of investment, not just in stocks and bonds and material goods, but we understand that our true reward is in heaven. We understand that we are investing for the future. We are investing in a 
kingdom that cannot be shaken. We are investing in a market, if you will, that could never be destroyed, will never go down, and will only go up. And that is the kingdom of God. We are investing in what is most precious to God, which is souls and people. This is what they're investing in. And when Jesus says, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth, what I believe he is saying in some ways is store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Who are the treasures to God in heaven? It's people saved by his blood. It is people that have become followers of Jesus, saved, born again, and forgiven of their sins. We are so precious to God. And in our city, there are people that are so precious to God that yet have not received Jesus or have not yet understood or heard the gospel in a way that makes sense that the Holy Spirit would convict them and that they would come to a saving knowledge of Christ. There are treasures in our city. And as we continue to be generous, not just with our finances, but in every area of our lives, we continue to develop this habit of generosity and we see the kingdom move forward. We make the kingdom a priority in our generosity, in our words, in our deeds, in our actions. We can be generous with our words. We can be generous with our time. We can be generous in, in how we value relationships. We can be generous in multiple ways, just being thoughtful. But they had a kingdom priority. And then they gave unto the Lord. I, I love this because it says, I love this line. On this, this reads so well to me, and it just touches my heart every time I read it, that they gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord, and then by the will of God, also to us. They were giving themselves unto the Lord. Their generosity was not about themselves or enriching themselves. Their generosity came from a pure place, a pure heart of humility that says, Lord, this is all for you. Recognizing God that everything you've given me, you've given me to steward and to manage. I don't own anything. I have been given this life. I have been given the, the possessions and the, the, even the ability to create wealth. The Bible says that that's an ability that he gives us. Even the ability to earn is God-given, and we recognize that we are stewards, not owners of the things that God gives us. And they had this perspective where they said, God, we give it all to you, and because we give it to you, we give it first, Lord, to you, and then to others, because that is your heart. You know, in preparation for this message, I reached out to the staff, and I said, could you just share with me a few stories? We don't need to use everybody's name or whatever, but what are some of the things that you are hearing and what are some of the things that are taking place within First Assembly where you, we are seeing generosity take place? And I got such a huge response. I only picked a number of them. I, I, I couldn't even have time to go through all of them today. But here are just some of them. There was a family that felt led to bless a single mother in our congregation. When she moved into a new place, they bought furniture, including couches and tables and furnishing and pictures. And they just felt moved to do this for this mother. No, no fanfare, no big announcement. But I found out about this week that somebody knew that that took place. Somebody had a baby and recently a meal train was put together on email and many people jumped on board bringing meals to somebody who just had a baby. Simple generosity. There was a mother that brings her children every week to help out with FA Cares and the food ministry with, with Dolly and the team. And she brings her kids just to show them and teach them and model generosity. Many people from this congregation serve that way. There's a family that uh, has been buying coffee for the person behind them in the drive through That's a simple way just to be generous. I, th I think that's great. Just pay it forward. 
There is somebody that was reaching out, phoned the church, and we were able to connect them with somebody who was hiring, and they got a job. Because there was just a generosity to take the time, to take the phone call, to, to make the extra call. Generosity, it manifests in so many different ways. One of the really neat stories that I heard was some young adults through the Tehillah community were out, and they were dropping by a locally owned restaurant. They decided to buy bottled water. They were thirsty, so they each got a bottle of water. And the restaurant was owned by a Muslim man. And as they got talking to him, they felt compelled that not only should we buy bottled water from him to support his restaurant, but we should give him a $200 tip. So they collected their money and they bought the bottled water. And they said, well, here's the bottled water. Here's the bill. They paid the bill. And then they said, and we just feel led because we believe in Jesus. And he wants to tell you how much he loves you. And they gave him $200 cash. And the guy was blown away. They got to share the gospel with him because generosity welled up within them. And they stepped out in faith. Our FA kids and youth spent time creating cards for frontline workers, cards and ornaments for seniors. Over the Christmas break, some of our youth decided that they would get a hold of some of the seniors' housing where they weren't able to see families or whatever, and they sent cards written to them. God bless you. God loves you. Seniors who spent their Christmases all by themselves. Our youth, First Assembly, our kids said, we're going to do something. We're going to show love and generosity. This is why I'm saying, First Assembly, you are generous, but we got to keep growing. We're going to keep growing because the more we grow in generosity, the more the gospel goes forward. Because the gospel, the good news, is all about the generosity of Jesus, that God so loved the world that he gave his son. The mechanics group. I can't even keep track of how many cars we've given away over the last few years. But the most recent car that was repaired and, and given away was to uh, someone in our church, single mother, Uzlene Anthony. And she gave us permission to share this little video. I know it's such a blessing to her, but this is just one example of how many people have been touched, even just through our community group, fixing up and giving away cars to people that we know of in our community and in our congregation. Let's watch the video. It's just one story of so many stories of generosity. The more we flex this muscle of generosity, the more we live beyond scarcity because the world of the generous gets larger and larger. And the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And First Assembly, we are big people. We are kingdom people. And by the grace of God and the help of the Holy Spirit, even though we walk through hard times, even though there are hard and uncertain times, even though we give from a place of lack sometimes, when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, whether it be buying coffee for somebody behind us, whether it be stepping out with an encouraging note or an encouraging word, I want you to know that as you give your finances faithfully, that definitely is part and a vital part of us expressing generosity and our love for the Lord and our habit of generosity as we give but beyond that, it comes from a heart. It comes from a lifestyle of generosity that flows. And I want to challenge us. I want to challenge us 
this week and even over the next number of weeks, what if we made the rest of January and the month of February a month where we would stretch and grow in generosity? Maybe we would just challenge, and I'm just going to challenge us, if we find ourselves in lineup at a coffee drive through if we find ourselves perhaps in a situation where it would just be very simple for us to show and express generosity by maybe buying somebody's groceries or buying somebody's coffee or writing a card or picking up the phone or sending a text. I think that generosity can be expressed in so many ways. And I know that there are some real needs. I know there are some people right now that it is a very tough time. And I want you to hear my heart. This is not a mandate. This is not a crisis moment for our church financially. Yeah, we haven't quite hit our revenues and we're making adjustments that we feel we need to. But it's a call to say that even during hard and challenging times, we can still exercise this discipline, this habit of kingdom generosity. So I wonder if you would just one, think about today what that could look like for you. What does it mean? Is it, does it mean that maybe even though we have a very strong base of givers, is it somebody you say, you know what? I haven't really been giving regularly to the Lord. Maybe I could start there. Maybe it's somebody who just has a, a desire to step out and encourage a friend or a neighbor or bring a care package. Maybe it's a simple way of stepping out in faith and doing something that God would just put on your heart to do. Just for a few moments, let's, let's think about it because the more generous we are, the more like Jesus we are. And the more like Jesus we are, the more the gospel goes forward with strength and power. And First Assembly, we can rejoice and we can be thankful and we can celebrate in what's happening in Germany. We can celebrate what's happening in Russia and India and around the world as we invest globally but right in our own neighborhood and right in our own families, right in our own extended families, there's opportunity to be generous. There's opportunity for generosity. So we're going to prepare for communion. And as we do, I want us to worship. And so I think you just remain seated actually as we worship. If you came in, you would have received communion. If you're at home, you can get your communion ready. And we're going to just partake in a few moments, but let's just set our hearts to worship. And let's remember as we think about generosity, Jesus is our example. He gave joyfully for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross, scorning and shame. Jesus gave joyfully. Jesus gave freely and willingly, sacrificially. And so as we prepare our hearts, let's worship. And then we're going to partake in communion just in a few moments. Thank you so much for listening to this message. We pray that you have received truth and have been encouraged. For more information about First Assembly, how to get connected, and to listen to our latest worship albums, please visit our website at www.fa.church.